and we got to be friends. Anything? Anything football? <clears throat> okay. Go out, there come we go. back in. Oh, okay, for sure, for sure. All right. Well, this thing is being recorded, so I'll just go ahead and get it started just to get it rolling. Um, welcome, everyone, to the IDP Hour presented by the IDP Army. I am Mace Riney. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, in the IDP Hour, we talk about anything from the NFL draft, scouting, offense, defense, any of the all-star games, anything football, NFL related to fantasy, mainly IDP, but we do go outside the spectrum as well two other formats. With that said, my guest today needs no introduction, Mr. Greg Kellogg. He's countless humans and their careers, mostly including mine. Um, elected in the first ever Hall of Fame class of the S FSWA. Greg, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Mace. And, you know, your fans should know what a great dad you are. <laughs> well, thank you. I really appreciate well, that. family first. Yeah. That's why mainly why I'm doing the spaces thing here. You kind of go in and out. It's a little bit more low key. You know what I'm saying? Not a suit and tie. <laughs> I so. understand that. I did suit and tie long enough. <laughs> right. I was going to say. Um, so speaking of, you want to go ahead and give us a little background about yourself and uh, what you do and just, I mean, your, your plethora of stuff that you've really gone through in your illustrious, amazing career. <laughs> well, I started when fantasy started back in the mid to late eighties. Um, and, you know, back then it was a very small, I mean, there were a lot of people that played, but it was a very small cadre of people that provided information. And uh, yeah. there's a site called Fantasy Insights. I don't even know if it still exists. James Sarah and Jim Lentz ran it. And every year in Vegas, they would put on a fantasy football conference. Well, another site called Football Guys, which I know still exists, uh, run by Joe Bryant. Well, Joe's from Tennessee. I was living in Georgia at the time, and we got to be friends. And so basically, uh, we decided uh, if you back then everybody did uh, fantasy sports in the forums, the uh, rec.sport.football.fantasy news group. Um, news groups are a lot different than forums, a lot different. But Basically, there were a lot of rock throwers and there were a lot of people that were reasonable but weren't professional. And then there were the professionals. And by professional, I don't I don't mean that they were better than other people. I don't mean that the non-professionals that were reasonable were worse than the professionals. I just mean they got paid and, and the non-professionals didn't get paid. Um, the rock throwers were trolls. I mean, you still got trolls today. You guys know what they are. Anytime you post anything, Mace, I'm sure you hear in the comments from people that just want to pick on you. Devil's advocate, whatever you want to say. There's always one or right. two, right? So we decided to create a 12-team league, um, four pros, four reasonable, and four um, rock throwers. And... Uh, we called it the Fantasy Experts League or FanX. And we started going down to the Vegas thing as a group and doing a live draft down there. So eventually, FanX expanded from just an online league to an online league, a live draft league, and then what we called the FanX Analysis Draft, which is where we would draft live in Vegas 
and then we would explain our picks to the crowd. So there was analysis. We also started doing that on uh, when we weren't in Vegas, uh, doing it just in uh, different internet uh, things. Now, the first thing I did of note is I created a site called comments.com that was to help people like you get a start in the industry. I didn't pay him, but I gave him a lot of exposure. And I didn't charge for people to see their work. And I think I was the first one that syndicated my column. I had a Kellogg's Comments column that I had syndicated to almost three dozen sites at one point. And we're talking about, at the time, the major sites. Um, so you would just write one piece and then send it, and then they would divvy it out amongst? No, I would write one piece, and I would send that one piece to 34 sites. And if they wanted to post okay. it, they could. And if they didn't, they didn't have to. And I didn't get paid for it. I didn't ask to get paid for it. I had a good job. Yeah. I didn't need money. I just like to hear my voice. So basically, yeah. I thought uh, I had coached high school football. So I knew more about the inner workings of football than the average fantasy guy who watches it on TV and screams at the announcers. Um, so um, I still, to this day, think there's some real keys to winning in fantasy football. Uh, one of them is never, ever chase last year's stats. Uh, you see so many fantasy owners that base their rankings on what a guy did last year. Um, and a, a big point of that was last year, I introduced you to the curse of 370. And I told you, yeah. now, if you looked at Jonathan Taylor, Rookie year, he was the number six running back in fantasy. I was going to bring this up, too. And ask yeah. you about Second it. year, he was the number one running back in fantasy. But he topped 370 touches. So I told everybody, don't draft him. I said, in a re and I'm thinking redraft, not dynasty. Dynasty is different. Um, but in a redraft, I said, don't draft him because you're going to have to take him with the first overall pick, second if you're lucky, and and. Mm -hmm. He's not going to have as good a year this year. I said the same thing about Najee Harris, and Najee actually had a reasonably good year. Um, yeah. He went from running back seven to something like running back 14. He had a 25% drop in production. You're still paying up for him. Um, yeah, you're still paying up for him. That's my point. So this year there's two running backs I'm not touching, and there would be three except New York benched Saquon Barkley in week 18. <laughs> He would have gone over 370 had he not been benched in week 18. But yeah. you've got Josh Jacobs, I will not touch. And, um, God, I can't even think of who the other one is now. Um, I've got it I've got it on a form. I'll, I'll come up with it later. But I've, I've posted, just do Curse of 370. I've told people Jacobs is the big one because he's going to go very early in drafts this year. But who am I drafting this year? Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> the curse was last year. It wasn't this year. Um, yeah. Now, can the curse linger two years? I have not done a study on that, but I can point to one back where it absolutely did, and that was um, Christian McCaffrey. He, yeah. he had two years lost to injuries after his 370 year. But then last year he played all 17 games, and I'd say he had a pretty good season. So – Usually, the thing is, people hear the word curse, and it automatically turns them off. Um, but you can't say it's the usage is going to make them injury prone. 
because it's not always injuries. Le'Veon Bell hit the curse of 370, and he didn't miss a single game to injury. Of course, he didn't play a single game because he held out all year. (laughs) But people who draft early didn't know he was going to hold out all year. So the whole thing is, if you go back and you look, it's undeniable. There's nothing in fantasy that's predictable other than Travis Kelsey and the curse of 370. (laughs) So when I say don't chase last year's stats, do yourself a favor. Use your scoring system. Go to each position group and see who was number one the last five years. Kelsey was number one or number two the last eight years, I think. So, and he was only number two one year. And he's three to seven points more than the number two guy normally. So he's a difference maker. He's a guy that should be drafted in the first round every year. Until otherwise. I mean, like until he shows or proves otherwise, especially that offense. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But see, Kelsey did it even when they had great wide receivers. True. true, I mean, he's just that kind of player. Um, But if you go look at any other position group, you're not, I mean, look at quarterbacks. They should be pretty standard. Patrick Mahomes does not lead the league in, in fantasy scoring. Now the gap between Patrick and say Josh Allen or Justin Herbert, Herbert's another guy that, I mean, his, his rookie year, he, he did very well for a rookie quarterback. A yeah. redraft league, I won't touch a rookie quarterback because they're a two-year proposition. Uh-huh. Uh, dynasty league, I'll touch him, but he's going on my bench or development squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, no, and sure. I'm pretty sure uh, I, I haven't done IDP in six years, so I'm not as up on it. But I'm pretty sure you can do the same thing with your defensive ends, your defensive tackles, your linebackers, your safeties, and your corners. You're not going to get a repeat number one five years in a row. Just not going to happen. Guys that get two or three in their career, but not all stacked up like that, it's tough. Maybe a top 10 finish. Well, and that's the second thing you should do. Instead of chasing last year's stats and just looking at who was top last year, look at the guy that's got four years in the top 10. If he's got four years in the top 10, he's probably going to be top 10 the fifth year. So you look for consistency and there used to be a website and I don't remember what it was that did consistency rankings that that's really needed. That is, that's a niche that if you want to get into this industry, get into that, do consistency studies and rankings because that will make people money because so many people play for money. But I'm I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I will. I want to make one caveat. I'm looking at our lads for the depth charts. That's what I do. Okay, I like our lads, but depth charts at this point in the season are worthless. They're tough. Well, you're going to have injuries. You're going to have rookies. You don't know who's going to be drafted where. Um, is C.J. Stroud going to move in as the instant starter if he goes to Houston or to Carolina? Same thing with Bryce Young. Are they going to be instant starters? Anthony Richardson, there's there's talk now that six teams have approached the number three squad. I think it's Arizona uh, to yep. gauge interest in the third pick overall. Now, if I'm Arizona, I got Kyler Murray. Now, I realize Kyler Murray was injured last year. But if you look at him point per game, he's top 10 quarterback. And he's been that his entire career. 
So bottom line is if I got Kyler Murray, I'm not looking to replace him with a first round quarterback. I might take Levis in the second or another development project in the third or fourth. Um, but I don't need a quarterback there. And you know, that's what they're going for. So if I can trade down and get three, four five picks or a player and three picks, They'll be yeah, in the first right. round and get what I need. I'm trading every day. And if I got six teams, I got competition for that pick. I can get the best deal. Yeah. Well, the thing is about the Cardinals, I've uh, heard that they're probably going to go for a defensive end. And defensive ends are pretty thick this year. You got Tyree Wilson. I mean, Will Anderson's probably going to go first, uh, pending anything else. But uh, Miles Murphy, I don't know, there's a bunch of guys out there. So, yeah, I can definitely see them moving back and getting a haul, like, why wouldn't you? Oh, that's what I would do, but then I don't get paid big bucks to be a GM of anybody. <laughs> I mean, the Cardinals did also pay Kingsbury a lot, and then he just kind of dipped out. Now they're, I don't know, their whole, whatever they were building in their house of cards, it's definitely falling down. So I'm excited to kind of see what they're going to do on that side of the ball, because they got Zach Ertz at tight end. He's, that's huge. Because yeah, you got Ertz. I mean, Rondell Moore is a good receiver. Marquise Brown, Good receiver. Good burner. De- yeah. Andre I mean, Hopkins is a great receiver. He's gone. Right? Uh, they're showing him as a starting uh, starting tight, uh, starting wide receiver. Yeah, I see that right now, but I'm just saying, like, come around draft time, maybe you think that they might try to move I wouldn't. Why pro- would you? I don't know. Unless he's making right, well. salary demands that they, they can't meet. I wouldn't. The guys, you don't get rid of your best players. You just don't. No, and he's one of their best players. But the guy I really like that he only got a lot of play because of injuries, but he caught everything thrown to him. Greg Dorch, I really like that kid. Uh, yeah, and I'm 67, so I can call any of these guys kids. <laughs> but uh, they funny. do need they do need a a backup quarterback. But like I say, I don't think they need to go to the first round to get him. Because Murray's only been in the league, what, four years? Five? Let me look. Okay, so you're saying Murray in redraft, not dynasty, correct? Um, I would still take you... Murray in, in dynasty. Okay, you think he's part of their long-term plans, or you just think two to three years? Uh, I, I don't think it matters if he's part of their long-term plans or not. I've got my um, sleeper app up, and I'm looking at Kyler Murray. And he's been in the league four years, and he's he's finished ranked – Six, three, ten, and nineteen, and that nineteen was because he only played in uh, eleven games. And if you look at yeah. a per game, he was number nine. So he's had a top ten finish every year. Now I realize that's fantasy and not NFL, yeah. but fantasy kind of equates to NFL when you think fantasy points are based on yards and touchdowns primarily. Very true. Now is he getting the primary or like the? Main part of the points from passing, or is he getting them from? Um, let's see. He's uh, see, last year he had nine fumbles and three rushing touchdowns, 440. Yeah, he yards. had nine so, rushing touchdowns, no, five the year before, 11 the year before, yeah. and four the year after. But it doesn't matter if he's getting touchdowns. You think the team cares how he scores them? Yeah, <laughs> and the yardage he's getting, um, he averages, uh, let's see, um. I'm looking at his – oh, rushing. There it is. Uh, 6.24, 4.81, 6.16, and 5.83. That's better than the running backs. Yeah, no, very true. Well, Connor, he's he's kind of a 
He's kind of a beast himself, but he's been out too a little bit, hasn't he? James Conner. Is, is he the other one that got – let me go check my notes. Um, yeah. But uh, I, James Conner, he's a plotter. He's not a guy that I'm excited about. I could see Arizona, if they could trade that number three overall pick and, and get yeah. an, extra, an early second-round pick, I can see mm-hmm. them getting Jameer Gibbs. Oh, I, really? I, I'm not saying they will. I haven't heard any talk. But yeah, I yeah. think he would be a perfect fit for that offense. That skill set he's got. Oh, yeah. He, he, uh, he catches the ball well. He um, uh, he runs. He's extremely decisive in his running game. And you got James Conner if he's not durable enough. People are worried about his size um, simply because he uh, he's either 199 or 200 pounds. But. Yeah, you know, I grew up with Barry, and he was two hundred three. So, I just don't worry about that. About light on your feet, though, man. Like <laughs> has to find gravity. Well, he played it. He played in the SEC, so it's not like he didn't play against, um, you know, uh, against good talent. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking for it, and I'm not seeing it. Oh, there it is. Curse three seventy. Okay, so oh, uh, Derrick Henry? Henry. Yeah. Yeah, Derrick Henry's 29 right now, so he'll be 30 before the end of the season. Is he one of those guys that's like Kelsey, though? Like when he's in, he's just you just got to put it oh, in. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Is he any good for you if he misses the second half of the season? No, too shame. Okay, too so shame. if you look at him, yeah. he had over 400 touches three years ago. Okay, yeah. great year. Chasing the stats. A lot of people drafted him high. Eight games, top three running back during those eight games, and then he's gone for the rest of the year. Okay, yeah. again, the curse doesn't say you're going to get injured, but it does say you will have – he lost 56% because he missed half the season. Um, you got um, – Barkley, by the way, was at 352 touches going into the last game. Man. But he didn't get 370. And I don't know – I haven't done a study that says – the cutoff should be 369 or 368. The study was done by Aaron Schatz back in 2004. It's been repeated by Tristan Cockroft, ESPN, Gary Davenport. Uh, I think he's with football diehards, Bob Harris's outfit and Emil Cadillac's outfit. Um, I, John Georgopoulos, I used to write for John. Um, yeah, he's, he's done it. Uh, a lot of people have done it. And I challenge anybody that thinks it's stupid, do it. Count up the number of carries plus the number of of catches and look at every running back as far back as you want to go that have had 370 or more touches. Look what they did the next year. 90% of them are going to have a a significant drop-off, at least 25%, but it averages 56%. Well, I mean, if you're getting the bulk of the carries or the passes or whatever it is, the bulk of the workload, then obviously teams are going to gravitate to stopping. Yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, but teams gravitated stopping Barry and and Emmett Smith. I mean, you know, I, I don't think you can stop a great running back. Now, Ladanian Tomlinson hit 370 a couple times. I think he hit it like yeah. four years in a row. 
And to hit it four years in a row means that three of those years you did really good because you got 370 touches. And so he kind of beat the curse. But in the as far back as I went, the one guy that did not beat the curse was Ezekiel Elliott. And uh, he had a drop, but it was only 5%. And I figure 5% up, 5% down, is that's normal. That's that's not a curse. <coughs> yeah. Well, that checks out. All right. Well, um, really quick, I got something pinned up here, and it's only because I am a 49er fan. There's rumors swirling around the whole quarterback room for the Niners, and there has been for the past, I don't know, two or three years. Um, the Niners are willing to trade Trey Lance in exchange for a 2023 second and fourth round pick. What do you think about that? Uh, I think I wouldn't give up squat for Trey Lance. He got beat out by Mr. Irrelevant. Okay. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if you look at those games now, granted, Trey Lance has had a lot of things go wrong for him. I mean, he played in that typhoon like conditions and then blew, yeah, then he blew his, his stuff out. So we don't really know what Trey Lance can do, but we know that Brock Purdy made that offense go. We know that that yeah. offense is stacked. Great wide receivers. Yeah. One of the best running backs in the league. One of the best running backs in the history of the league, really, if he could stay healthy. Um, they got a tight end. They got a good defense. They're geared to win now, and you don't want to take a chance. And Trey Lance is a distraction. I mean, frankly, you're always going to have your Trey Lance fans, and you're going to have your Brock Purdy fans. and. You're saying because of the, the cost for the accusation, you're going to have the the problems, not him himself, but like just the oh, situation. I like, don't think Trey Lance is a bad person. No, no, I'm just, I just want to no, no, I'm just saying that he's a distraction because you're going to have fans yeah. and, and media. The minute Brock Purdy throws a bad pass, we should have Trey Lance in there. That doesn't help the confidence of a kid. It, it just not doesn't. So I can understand them wanting to do it. And wasn't Trey Lance a first round pick? I, I believe he was like five or six, something like that. Yeah, number three. They traded three first. Okay, okay. so you know that's the reason I'm that's the reason I'm hesitant to take one of these rookie quarterbacks, even in a super flex. No, for sure, yeah. Because you just don't know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to get with a rookie quarterback. I, I'm scared to death of Bryce Young. Why is that? Yeah, yeah. And the, now there have been you got your Doug Fluties, you got your Kyler Murrays, and and Bryce Young has a lot of talent. It's yeah. hard for a five ten guy to throw over a six six guy. <laughs> so you got to have lanes. You got to move. You got to do things like that. Yeah. I would, I would much, and I it kills me to say this, being a Michigan fan, I would much rather have C.J. Stroud at six four. Hey, he he can throw a dart across the middle, man. He makes good reads. He seems like he's a, Ohio he State. He sucks. You don't like? He him? lost to Michigan two years in a row. Well, that's just—I <laughs> don't know what that is. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's not pretty bad. Michigan's pretty good. Was that Harbaugh's first win against them? Oh, uh, two years ago, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's okay. I mean, it's just not good for the for the padding the stats and stuff. I guess. No, no. I, so, I like I like his stature. I like his ability. And if you listen to the kids speak, he's a good kid. Now, yeah. the one guy that I've changed my mind on from the beginning of the year till now, I, I look at Florida Gators players as thugs and, and money hungry. Um, 
Yeah. Anthony Richardson, I saw an interview with that kid. His head is on straight. Well, he could be he could be the sleeper out of this quarterback class. He I don't know. He really he's could sleep. Yeah, no, he does look really good. He's got great back shoulder throws. He's as athletic as you could dream of a guy to be at the quarterback. He's position. got a good head. I mean, the biggest difference between college and pros is your head, your ability to adjust on the fly. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I'm not putting him over CJ Stroud in my rankings, but I, I got to tell you, I, I'm starting to love this kid. I, I just think that when I saw that interview with him, that's what changed me on him. It really did. So. Yeah. I'm just going to bring up my um, rankings here since we're kind of on the topic anyways for rookie quarterbacks. Um, oh, there we go. Okay, so I have C.J. Stroud at number one, Bryce Young number two, Levis at number three, Anthony Richardson at number four. Do you think that Anthony Richardson is a better day one starter than Will Levis and or Bryce Young? I don't think anybody's a good day one starter. Yeah. Not any from this class. Um, yeah, but I, I think that Career-wise, you're talking dynasty. Uh, yeah. The first year you put them on your developmental squad, if they get the start like Ritter and Pickett did last year. Now, understand, uh-huh. Ritter and Pickett weren't high picks. No, they weren't. You're right. And everyone, yeah. Um, yeah. But they they ended up starting their first year, and you look at where they finished. It's understandable. Um, yeah. Pittsburgh, really, they went away from a quarterback that had no arm left. Um, love Roethlisberger, but he was done. I mean, and their team wasn't really geared well uh, to help a rookie quarterback. So I think that it's going to be hard for any of this year's rookies to beat last year's rookies in scoring this year. Um, Now that said, I think uh, Carolina and Houston have an opening as starter. And these guys, whoever goes to those two schools, could very well start from day one. Yeah, 100%. Okay, and if they do, I expect them to be in the 20s in ranking. You're saying like 20, 25, 28? It's anywhere in the 20s. Um, okay. I, I think there's always a big learning curve. What's open in college, everybody in the world can see that receiver's open. Yeah. In the pros, if you're even, I'm leaving. Okay, so if you're even with me and the quarterback leads me, I'm open. It's a whole different game. It really is a whole different game. And there's a lot more anticipation in the pros than there is in college. You can wait. In college, most times you can, you're going to get four, five, six seconds. You can wait until you see the guy break open. In yep. the pros, you wait five seconds, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's why you have guys like, you know, uh, McLaurin or Stefan Diggs or you know DeAndre Hawkins, like you were saying, guys that you can really trust. Uh, Keenan Allen, get high on that catch point, come down with the ball. Yeah, uh, really quick. Anyone wants to come up here and ask a question at any time? It's an open forum. Just uh, go ahead and request. I'll bring you up. Uh, we have Hall of Fame FWSA. Uh, I don't know, just all over fantasy guy, the OG of fantasy, in my opinion. Greg Kellogg up here. So take advantage of the situation, man. He's got a lot of knowledge. I really appreciate you coming on, Greg. Uh, it's my pleasure, Mace. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So you are a redraft guy. You are a super flex guy. No, I'm not a super flex guy. Okay. You are the, a redraft guy. The vast majority of leagues when I played, and by vast, I mean over 90%, we're all one quarterback. You go to two quarterback. I did Scott Fishbowl last year, which is super flex. Yes. It changes everything. 
Mm-hmm. Now, had I played those five years I took off, it, it would have been easier to make that adjustment. How was that going from fantasy, like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, probably for what seemed like forever. And then just, did you just come to a clean stop or how did, how did that I didn't happen? watch an NFL game in five years. Holy cow. Um, I watched college. Yeah. Uh, and what you have to understand about fantasy is there are some rules about fantasy that should be universal. Don't chase last year's stats. Curse yeah. of 370. Um, running zero wide receiver sucks. I mean, <laughs> but these are popular things now. Popular. It's very popular. Uh, quarterback. I always take a quarterback relatively late. Fifth round. I don't need to get a quarterback in the first four rounds. Yeah. I take I take tight end. I tell you what, I would take Kelsey 101. Because what you're trying to do with your first round pick is not bust. Facts. Yeah. Sure. Okay. You don't you don't have to get the top player at, at 101, but you have to get one that's not oh, let's say Jonathan Taylor last year. <laughs> um how many how many teams did he sink just because People thought he'd be top five. They didn't necessarily think he'd be number one, but they thought he'd be top five. Well, that's what you want out of your first round pick, like you were saying. Yeah, and, and who's the only player in the last eight years that has never busted? And you know, it, it's Travis Kelsey. And then you add on top of that, the you know, it's not unusual for a top, you know, f- top player at their position to have a seven-point difference per game to the 12th-ranked guy. And that's consistently. That's not just like a one-season outlier. That's Right. It's not that unusual to have top two or three players at their position outscore the second-tier guys. And by second-tier, I mean RB 13 through 24, um, wide receiver 13 through 24, the second, the wide receiver twos in the Mm. game. Not unusual for a wide receiver to one to outscore a wide receiver two by three to seven points. Kelsey outscores the tight end number two by three to seven points. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he he outscores the tight end number 13 by sometimes two touchdowns. Yeah. Well, even wide receivers he's scoring over. Oh, he's like the fifth or sixth ranked wide receiver. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, and so People don't think they should take Kelsey at 101. I think it's gross. Do you, don't you think like a tight end? People think, uh... well, but, and used to be you could wait till the third round to get it. But the problem is, if you don't get Kelsey, who do you get? Yeah, Greg well, Kittle. I like Kittle. Can't stay healthy all the time, but I like him. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is the only guy that's beat Kelsey in the last eight years. He did it one year. Doesn't have a quarterback right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's got an all star well, quarterback. I'm just kidding. Well, he was, all, you know, everybody points to the fact that that he was all pro. And he was one yeah. year, one year all pro. He gets hurt because he runs a lot. Yeah. He runs to run. Unlike Josh Allen, Allen runs to extend plays and he will pull up at the line and make a throw. Jeez. Once, once uh, Lamar decides to run, he's gone. No, he doesn't stop. He just goes. And he's very effective because of it. But my point being is that running quarterbacks don't have a a great history in the NFL of lasting a long time. 
and, and 250 million guaranteed, I just don't see happening. Yeah. Uh, I think most people think that uh, Deshaun Watson's contract was a huge mistake. Um, what do you say that for? Just because it's all guaranteed? It's all guaranteed. It's $230 million, which makes him one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. And he missed two years. Do you you think- take two years off, that really impacts you. Look at what he did last year. Nothing. Yeah, no, it wasn't good. Okay. Now, will he be better this year? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, probably. Probably, so. probably be a, a viable starter this year. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like taking a rookie. There's there's a there's a timing thing, but for the first, you know, two years of his contract, it's wasted money. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what do you think? Okay, so, so you're saying that tight end is probably the one position that you would want to hit on, or what what do you is there any position in fantasy football that you think that you have to hit on to have a successful team, or do you think it's just a nice cohesion of madness? Well, running back and wide receiver are pretty close to each other nowadays, mm-hmm. especially if you're starting three wide receivers and two running backs. Okay. Um, if if you're in a two-three with additional flex positions, like most leagues are now, yeah. if you're two-two, if you're starting two wide receivers and two running backs, then you go running back. There's mm-hmm. no question. Because the number of running backs that are viable starters is very limited. Okay, you have maybe 20 running backs that you feel comfortable starting every week. And the bottom part of those 20 running backs, so you're taking guesses. Last year, I guessed on Josh Jacobs late. Turned out pretty good guess. Yeah. But, you know, it, it... it's just one of those things that happens, it and it's purely a guess. You was don't know coaching or what was the what was put into that, or was it just like carries? A- carries. He got opportunities. I got. Um, yeah, I mean, the team was good. He got a lot of opportunities and he scored touchdowns. Sure. He got in the end zone. So, uh, do I think he'll have the same year this year? No, curse of three seventy. Yeah, calling it. Hey, Steve, what's up, man? You got something? I don't hear Steve. Uh, you there? Is yeah. he mute? Is he muted? Uh, well, yeah. Oh, my mic was off. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that happens to me all the time. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was loving where this conversation was going as far as, like, uh, positions to hit on and stuff. And I just wanted to throw out there and get feedback on. So I've, I've also agreed with you. Uh, Greg, I've also been a, a late round QB guy for the past couple of years, but I think I'm I'm conceding that uh, in in this upcoming years at least because I've been playing the streaming game and I just feel like I can't get it right. So I no, no, no. don't <laughs> yeah, don't okay, scream. okay. <laughs> uh, but but don't don't if you go late, you have to stream, right? Okay, I think I've been going couple, too late. A couple guys you could have got late last year that worked out were Jared Goff and Geno Smith. Yeah. Okay, so you can hit somebody late that becomes a viable starter. The problem is I wait till the fifth round. You know Josh Allen's going in the second round. Right. Pat Mahomes in the third round. I got Jalen Hurts in the fifth round. Right, right. Okay, so you're going to have three or four really good quarterbacks. Who can you get late this year? Tua, probably. If Tua right. plays, he's going to be worth wherever you get it. 
What about Lawrence? Um, I I love Troy Lawrence. I think he's probably going to go in the fourth round. Okay. Um, the reason I say that is because um, he was the next coming. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then his rookie right. year sucked. I mean, just right. really bad. He had Irvin Meyer, though. Uh, they were calling him a bust. Mm -hmm. um, but they changed coaches. Yeah. And Peterson, it, it, I, I'm not calling Peterson a genius. Uh, I, I reserve that for coaches that can take Doug Jones and turn or Daniel Jones and turn him into a viable fantasy starter. That's a genius. That's a genius. And, and he also coached up Josh Long before he got Jones. Um, I think Peterson is a good coach with a good offensive mind. Um, but I, I think Trey, they've got good wide receivers there. Christian Kirk, um, Oh, Calvin yeah. Ridley, I don't know about Calvin Ridley. Everybody's mm -hmm. really high on Calvin Ridley. They're saying he's the best, best receiver that uh, Lawrence has ever had. And that may be true, but there's just not enough history with Ridley to say that. Well, what he can do, get on the field, build some chemistry, do that. Because like you're saying, with anyone that's away from the game, it's a learning process to get back to it, most likely. Right. And, and Ridley, you got to remember, he wasn't injured. Yeah. Okay. Right. He, he had two problems. He had mental problems, and he had gambling problems. Uh, the gambling doesn't bother me in the least unless you're throwing games. I couldn't care less if somebody – I mean, every mayor of every city in the Super Bowl makes a bet with the other mayor. <laughs> I mean, it's right. usually whatever the city's famous for. Like, if, if it's Baltimore, we'll send you a bunch of crabs. Okay? Case of crabs for if, if you win. So – the the gambling I don't personally gamble. I'll make I'll make bets with friends, but it's usually not monetary. It's usually bragging rights. But that's a personal decision. Yeah. It, it I mean I've played lotto, so it doesn't bother me to gamble. But then I don't consider lotto gambling. I consider that donating. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I would. I would look in the fifth round and I would look at, at quarterbacks you think are in a good position and I would stay away from rookies and probably second year quarterbacks too. Yeah. Like I love, I love Purdy and I think Purdy's going to have a good year, but he's Mr. Irrelevant. He's second. You know, the thing is in the games, Purdy played, he's, he threw two touchdowns at every one. He's a game manager. Let's be right. Well, yeah, but you can be a game manager when you have D Debo and Christian and okay, touche, yeah, okay, and and Kittle. <laughs> I mean, it's he's got the weapons around him. You, yeah. can, you know, Trent Dilfer took a team to the Super uh, Bowl for Christ's sake. Up <laughs> in Trent Dilfer, I love it. Uh, but no, I don't mind game managers. Kirk Cousins is considered a game manager. Yeah. How many times has he gone over four thousand yards in the last five years? He's yeah. A lot of people sleep on him every day. Oh, yeah. And he's old. And so people – I have people telling me that Aaron Rodgers is is the next coming. If he goes to the Jets, he's going to be a top-five quarterback. No, he's not. What do you, okay. what do you think he finishes, 12, 10? Uh, oh, no. I think Rodgers is done. Oh, sheesh. I think he's done. Now, I realize he had a broken finger on his hand, but I went back and I charted the games before the finger break. During the, I, I gave him eight weeks to heal for a broken finger. It's usually six weeks. So I gave him eight weeks to heal. He played through it. 
So I extended it two weeks because he was playing through it. And then I charted the games after that. There wasn't a whole hell of a lot of difference in fantasy performance in those three sectors. Yeah. And in fact, he actually played better while he had the injury. Hmm. That's scary. Watch this with it, I guess. Uh, He's 39 years old. Not everybody is Tom Brady. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just true. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm looking at two mini helmets. The top one, I've got them stacked, is a Detroit Lions mini helmet with the Lions logo on one side and the Michigan Wolverines on the other side. Oh, yeah. And the bottom one is a Michigan mini helmet that's autographed by Tom Brady. Wow. That's worth a pretty thing, huh? Eh, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> no, I if I had one of those, I would not. I have a Kittle, or a Kittle sign ball, but I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm going to keep it forever. But, okay, so kind of getting away from the second-year guys, more getting onto the rookies. So what is your approach to drafting rookies? Do you put anything into scouting? Are you just worried about the landing spot? Um, do you touch I, certain rookies I, that drafted certain positions? I, I look at – okay, so there's always going to be hype. Uh, nobody sure. is more hyped this year than Bijan and JSN. Those are the two most hyped players coming out this year. Rod Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Bijan, I think his best year was 20 receptions. Uh, it was something like that. It was really low. Mm-hmm. I'm high on Jameer Gibbs because I don't have to spend the first pick in the draft on him. Yeah. Okay, and because the guy has, if you watch the NFL game, you have two types of running backs. You have the decisive one-cut guys. Those are the ones I like. The guys that plant their foot and they're gone. Like they run into the edge and then they. Yeah, and then you have the power backs, the Jerome Bettises, you know, the Earl Campbells. These are good backs, and they're going to get you. And Bijan's a good back. Don't get me wrong. But we ha- he, he hasn't shown he can pass block, which in my mind, okay, here's the coach of me coming out. You get your quarterback killed, you're not going on the field. At least not on third down, right? And that's well, kind of- period. If you can't protect your quarterback, you're not going on the field anytime they're throwing the ball. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. he's on going on the field. Yep. So he's going to have to learn to block. Now, he may already know, but it wasn't shown in his college career. That was one of the knocks of the analysts about him. He's not an enthusiastic blocker. Um, Gibbs is much smaller, but he sticks his helmet in there. He does. He looks hungry at it. That was one of the things I wrote down about him. So I I, I really like Gibbs this year. Now, I don't know if you know. What what about Charbonnet? uh, Remember, he started his career at Michigan. Yeah. He couldn't beat out Hassan Haskins and Blake Corm, so he left. He's a big back. He yeah, that's my life. He'll have some success. He's not fast. He has a four five three. yeah. Yeah, he's not fast. He's not that second level of, like, escapist guy, but he can bruise through the hole. I, I mean, like, maybe, like, touchdown Volturine, a nice RB2. Uh, you know, I, I'm that's staying like, away from him. There's okay. a guy named Sel v, uh, Vetri, V-E-T-R-I, uh, that does YouTube YouTube videos. Yep. He's got a video up called uh, Five Rookies That Your League Mates Don't Know About. Mm-hmm. Go look at it. Uh, 
there's a Pittsburgh running back that put up great numbers in Pittsburgh. And I think his first name is Israel or something. It's, he's yeah, got a weird Israel, name. Israel Abicana. That's yeah. my RB2, baby. Yeah. There you go. There you go. See, now, that's a guy I'm looking at. Seriously. He's also got a couple wide receivers in that group. Go watch that video. It's a good video. Um, the wide receiver he mentioned from, I think, Michigan State. And I'm not a big state fan, but guy can play. Let me see here. I like a guy, A.T. Perry, out of Wake Forest. I don't know if you see anything on him. Um, no. Aiden oh, Reed, Michigan State? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a guy to watch. Um, if he goes in the first two days, by round three, yeah, he's somebody that he's going to – if you go in the first two days, you're going to get playing time. Yeah. Unless you absolutely suck and they just missed on your evaluation. But they spend so much money on evaluating these kids, I I don't see them missing, to be honest. You think day three really has to prove through special teams or just like by way of God and holy? He is a special teams guy. Okay. Okay, so he will get on the field for that. Oh, yeah, that's a good way to get looked at anyways. I'm just sure. Yeah, but I think it depends on where he goes. That's why <laughs> evaluating players before the draft is very difficult because you don't know where they're going to be on the depth chart. Not very sure. But Sal, Sal did a really good breakdown. There's another running back, Evan Hall, that Sal likes. I don't know enough about that kid, but the numbers that Israel put up, they're mind-blowing. And he caught the ball. He averaged his last two years as a starter, he averaged 40 receptions a year. For a running back in college, that's huge. Those are huge numbers. Do you um, like tight ends at all? Are you staying away from rookie tight ends? How do you evaluate Oh uh, No, the- I'll get them, but it's developmental. I won't get them as a starter. Remember me. I'm the guy that goes after uh, Kelsey in every league. Yeah, no, no, for sure. That's why I wanted to ask, just to kind of get a so – Well, just- I, took, I, take, I took Isaiah Likely last year. Yeah, that was a pretty good – pretty good. Uh, well, he, he didn't really break out the way I expected him to. He had but, two- but I've still got it. And I, I took Kate Otten last year. He actually broke out more than likely did. Yeah. But Otten, because he was a rookie, he went right onto my development squad and I never activated him. Now, in the league I'm in that's Dynasty, I can keep a player on that squad for two two years. But if I take them off, then I have then they can't go back on. Injured reserve I can use whenever a player's listed is out. Mm-hmm. So it could be a weekly thing. Um and what I, was it Steve that was on the phone with us? Yes. Okay. So, Steve, what I will stream, and I did last year, is defense and kickers. Like team defense. Uh, team defense yeah. and team kickers. Yeah. I'll stream those all day long. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, you said that you've played IDP before. It's just been a while. Forever. Yeah. We got to get you an IDP league this year, man. I'm going to bug you about it. <laughs> well, it, it won't be this year. Maybe next year. All right, maybe next year. All right, we got to we got to get you on there and start. You- I'm I'm going <laughs> to get in one more dynasty league that has super flex. Oh, okay. All right. Well, just so well, I could talk about it. Well, <laughs> we'll have to do one that includes offense and defense. That's the only way I really like to do it. Not yeah. about you kind of get equal value and based on the scoring system and stuff. So, um, what is your favorite? Do you like PPR? Do you like half PPR, standard? Do you even care? Uh, to me, PPR is the standard. 
that's the way to go. So well, it's, it's standard. It's what most leagues are. Uh, half PPR, it devalues the wide receivers and increases the value of uh, running backs. Okay. And it really devalues tight ends. Yeah, that's true. That's why you get a lot of tight end premiums and whatnot. Do you agree Those are that? like point and a half for per catch for tight yeah. Are you down with that, or do you think that everyone should be? I, I think it's I think it's a gimmick, um, but then I like some gimmicks. I like rewarding first down conversions, fourth okay. down conversions. I like doing things that impact the game, but you can't really plan for. So, like yard bonuses. Uh, I for over a hundred, uh, yeah. sure, as long as they're minor. Got it. It shouldn't it shouldn't equate a touchdown. What about but kick? Three, but three points for uh, 100 yards? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. But I think a yard bonus for tight ends should be 60 yards. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, you should probably just look at the, the league average and yep. the game up. average and see what it is. Yeah. And then just kind of go from there. I like that. Okay. Um, so when you played, did you just do like, uh, or IDP, I'm sorry, when you played IDP, was it true position, meaning you had like defensive tackle and edge, or were you just playing like defensive line? Well, we didn't call them edge back then. We called them defensive ends. Defensive end. And outside linebackers, who are edge rushers now, were linebackers. Yeah, yeah both. Yeah. Um, sure. yeah, they were linebackers. <laughs> I mean, uh, Taylor, Lawrence Taylor, yeah. was a great IDP player. Mm-hmm. Because he got a lot of sacks, he got maybe one or two interceptions a year, and he he cleaned up on tackles. He was a very people don't remember Lawrence Taylor was a ferocious tackler, um, but then you know you get the middle guys, you know the um, now my mind's blank uh, guy from Baltimore, middle linebacker Ray Lewis, yeah, and there's again again my mind's just blank. Brian Orlacher. Yeah. You got guys that play in the middle and they're nothing but run stoppers. I mean, that's what they do. And, and because of that, I mean, you tell me you're the IDP guy who gets the most tackles in the game right now. It's yeah. The cleanup crew, or you have your, uh, I guess you're kind of tweener safety linebackers that also do that as well. But um, I think it was uh, a Lucan who's been the leading tackler two years in a row. He's inside linebacker. So. Yeah. Uh, And, and you got a lot of three fours now. Yeah, which I think dilutes the middle linebacker because you're splitting those inside tackles now with two guys. Or, also, do you, in your scoring system, do you give more points for solos than assists? Um, assists are one point. Well, this is IDP one two three scoring one point for QB hit and assist a tackle, and two points for a tackle for loss or solo tackle. Yeah, so a tackle oh, yeah. for loss gets the same scoring as a solo tackle fifty yards down the field. Well, a solo tackle is two points, and then an assisted tackle is one, regardless of where it is. Okay, so see, to me, uh, again, I like scoring systems that reflect the game. Got it. A tackle three yards behind the line of scrimmage is much more impactful than some safety catching up to a wide receiver and tackling him down. Yeah, sorry. So you get two on top of two for the solo. So you get two for the tackle for loss on top of two for the solo tackle. So you get oh, so you get four a, points. Yeah, sorry, that was my fault. Tackle for loss is a separate category. Yes, yes, okay. yes. they stack. Sorry, they're both worth two points. So they okay, that's they good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I got one more question for you before I head out here, um, and we end this. And you said PPR is king for you. Are you going to take Lee Higgins? 
Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle? If you had to pick one of those guys for next year, what are you leaning towards? Who's who's uh you can get rid of Waddle because okay. right now we don't know who his quarterback is. Okay. We don't know the health of Tua. Okay. I love Waddle. I still think Tyree kills the number one there. Um, Devonta Smith is kind of a co-number one. Uh-huh. Um, T. Higgins is definitely the number two to Jamar Chase. Yep. Um, I, I like Jalen. I like Jalen Hurts as much as I like Joe Burrow. So I would probably take Devonta. Yeah, the Slim Reaper. There it is. Um, also, Justin Herbert with his. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's got. Well, I guess he kind of does have drama. His running back is. He said, worst case scenarios, he heads back to the Chargers and the wide receivers can't really stay on the field. Are you going to, are you? Dustin Herbert is that I'm, I'm targeting this year. He is. I think I can get him in the fifth round. Yeah. Uh, Get him on the cheap. And and if you look at him since his rookie year, he's made his money throwing touchdowns. Yeah. He's very good at it. And um, the bottom line is that last year through parts of the season, Keenan Allen missed four or five games, and um, Mike Williams missed four or five games. So um, when you have your top two receivers miss eight games, nine games, it's going to impact your stats, and it did with Herbert. And so many people chase last year's stats. I don't. I look to what I expect this year. I expect Herbert to be fine. He's a very good quarterback. But I also, because Allen and uh, – Williams, I think, are both 29. Yeah, they're up there. I, I think San Diego's going wide receiver in the draft. I think they're going to hit it early as well, especially with Eckler leaving. We're talking about a guy in the past four years, 104 targets, 60 targets, 88 targets, 126 targets last year because of the injuries. Yeah. So definitely something to look at. They, they're going to have to make a, a couple moves and get some use on that offense because those guys that they had um, escaping me, the wide receiver three and four they have there, they've kind of been interchanging them and I don't really think it's working out that well for them. So I think they might be leaning towards a reset, especially with um, Herbert. He's going to be getting paid soon, right? So, uh, yeah, he's. I think he's entering his fourth year, right, or fifth? They're going to have to be. I mean, I've, their top contracts are Joey Bosa at 102 million guaranteed and Khalil Mack at 90 million guaranteed. And well, that means that, is, that, Jackson. that uh, the running back Eckler is underpaid. <laughs> No, no, for sure. That's why he wants to leave. I have no doubt on that. I completely agree. But, yeah, man. Um, well, thank you for coming on, Greg. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Uh, you got anything you want to add to this? Yeah, thanks for not hitting the IDP as much as I thought you would. <laughs> I wasn't going to throw you on the griller, man. You're, you're royalty, dude. I'm, I'm just blessed that you're here. Thank you for coming on. Seriously, you got a wealth of knowledge. Just happy to listen to it and tap in. Well, you know, I like the format. Um, I want to thank Steve for coming on. Yeah. It's always nice to get, you know, audience participation. For sure. Going. All right. Well, um, thank you, Greg, again. Uh, thank you, everyone, for being here. And we'll catch you guys next week, Monday at 9 a.m. Be good.